0: another episode of the Off Balance 3, the podcast from Crooked Scoreboard. I'm Aaron Hodges, joined as always by Jeff Young and Brian Miller, and today, a special guest, a contributor to CrookedScoreboard.com, Lucas Hubbard is here. What's going on, Lucas?
1: Nothing much. Thanks for having me.
0: Man, I'm so jealous of that voice. <laughs> I
1: feel like I have a good career as a cigar spokesman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you, you absolutely do just nice deep earthy guttural love it deep. do you play the, the guitar lucas
1: no i should i think i should just like host open mics or something like that um you, you should, should just... set your bar a little higher
2: than that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: just a little bit just a scooch i was saying you could teach aaron's wife to play guitar and then hey. uh, the, the jealousy <laughs> circle would close <laughs> Just to bring you in, my wife is cheating on me with her guitar instructor. That's uh, that's, what, that's what we're talking about here, Lucas. So feel free to rub it in at any point.
1: Well, I will uh, keep that in mind, certainly. <laughs> make, 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 a, make
2: a mental note of that. Okay. That, was a very, that was a very politic response to that. I like that a lot.
0: That was yeah. great. Don't get too comfortable. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to have Lucas on because you wrote, a piece on crookedscoreboard dot com that I was fascinated with about this phenomenon in Dubai, the camel racing. Yeah, I read it a while back when it came out. Oh, cool. First of all, let's just start with why did you go to Dubai in the first place?
1: Well, that's easy. My uh, brother actually lives and works out there. He's been there for about two years, so I had an excuse to go there. I was tactical and went in November when the heat is not. You know oppressive like it can be in the summer but mostly to, to go visit him and then i think you know I was out there like a week and a half and by the end of it we took a trip out to the desert and see some of how the i think it's the bedouin how the sort of nomadic groups native to uae and saudi arabia and the middle east how they live and they sort of drive you out there and, you know, show you around. And as we were driving out there, our tour guide just said, Hey, you guys want to see some camel races? And uh, we said, yeah, I think, uh, you know, you had <laughs> us like camel races. So we were, we were hooked there.
0: I guess when in Dubai, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> that's what they say.
0: So you get to the track. Are you, mm-hmm. you're escorted by the tour guide?
1: Yeah. And we're escorted. And this is like, I think this is a, thursday at like 8 a.m is when they're they're doing this this running just because like even in november in the middle of the day it's just uh that'd be cruel to the camels so yeah we get there and first we're just like oh this is cool like we see the track and then they're pretty chill about the whole thing we you know end up going to the, the i guess what's the grandstand or the sort of like the starting gate and get to you know look over see the camels take off uh and yeah i don't i don't think there i forget what it was i don't think it was like a starting gun or anything like that i think it was just like they kind of let the gates go and then because it's like it's a five mile race it's not it's not like the derby or anything like that so if you if you have a good start it doesn't really mean much (laughs) so they yeah they just let them go and uh, we saw that and then stuck around at the end and it's, it wasn't like a photo finish or anything. They're like <laughs> separated by like an eighth of a mile, but pretty it's pretty easy
0: to tell, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They don't have to go to the instant replay or anything, but it's fascinating. It's just one massive loop
0: too. Yeah. You talked and, about how big it is. is. that how, I know, are you able to see the whole action? Do you absolutely Uh, need binoculars or like, how does that work?
1: No, basically like you can see the start and then you could like, you know, get a cup of coffee 10 minutes later, just like amble over to the, the, the end of the loop and then see them finish up. But it's basically like, yeah, you see them for like, I don't know, maybe like a quarter mile. Then they're, you know, on the horizon or they've like hit the turn and then they're shrouded a little bit. And then on the other side, or I guess by the finish line, is the grandstand, and then you can see the last again quarter mile or something. But it's now you have basically no visibility into anything that's
2: happening as a, a viewer. <laughs> and the weirdest part, I think, is that these are remote-controlled camels. Yes, or the the jockeys on the camel. Well, yeah, but sorta, right? Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, no camels.
1: Uh, no, yeah, these are you know live animals, but controlled by robots. So. You you what's...
2: really skipped the lead there. That's insane.
3: They're controlled <laughs> by the robots. Yeah, no,
1: this is this is journalism one on one. So yeah, noise. so what was a little bit different about you know camels versus horses? I think, and I'm I may have made this up. I, I don't know if this podcast has a fact checker, but um, a lot of this <laughs> I I, I try to do some research into camel races, but you know, there's only so much info out there. But I think like camels are less built for like. Like, they're less powerful, so they're, you know, not built to carry, like, big loads over short dis- short distances, like horses are, or thoroughbreds are. So, they're good on long distances, and they're good with very light loads. So, for a while, what Dubai would do is have actual child jockeys, and <laughs> then they... So the
2: child jockeys of Dubai sounds like the best Oprah episode ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel or like... Vice if- report. Yeah. <laughs> If if Oprah <laughs> had any idea about this, it would have uh, set off a firestorm, to be sure.
2: Do they have to build the robots and then ride them now?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's a whole industry. Is they uh, they like they can build robot jockeys for like a hundred or two two hundred bucks or something like that. Um, and yeah, so they have these little like boxes, still shaped like jockeys, which is. A, a real real commitment to the craft on their part like they they're like numbered and they have the still like the the silks to identify oh like that's the number seven camel um, but it's basically like this little box this person on the camel and it has an arm uh so you're still able to whip the camel and make it go faster and but again do, but
0: how do they do that though
1: exactly so it's remote control and if you were just like you know standing at the, the Starting or finish line, like you're not going to get the signals there. So what they have to do is they have a, uh, I guess, parallel track outside uh, on on the periphery of the the oval, and they drive like Land Rovers and drive them alongside their camel. (laughs) And when they need to, they you know press the button and and the robot just whips the camel and.
2: <laughs> that's this is so insane.
1: That's how it works. And to to any listeners out there, I like there are pictures on the blog to to prove that I'm not just making all of this up. This is
0: exactly how it works. It'd be and a pretty elaborate Photoshop job. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but how tall are these camels? They actually in the picture it looks like they're taller than the cars.
1: Yeah, they're they're. I, I think that that's a fair comparison. Probably a little bit taller.
2: And yeah, the, the cars are like SUVs, so they're not like. Tiny sedans or anything. These are... Is it possible that the reason that they don't use human jockeys anymore is that if you are a jockey and your means of conveyance of sport is a camel, you literally can't describe yourself
0: without being insensitive?
2: Well, like, well it literally became a derisive term.
0: What they're doing, how it's would an you, insult. What do you? What do you? How would you? What do you mean? Like I don't how want would to you describe? <laughs> I don't even, I'm not sure what you're getting at. i re- um, really, I really don't have no idea what you say.
2: That's a very offensive term.
0: To be a camel a, a jockey? Dockey.
2: Yes, I'm trying not to say it because you're not supposed to say that.
0: I didn't know. You
2: ever heard it before?
0: No. Is
2: is that I've just a that.
0: derogatory term for, like, Arab people?
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. Huh. But you can't say that anymore. It's so like, all right, we've got to build robots. This is getting too complicated.
0: Well, maybe the, the term came from somewhere. <laughs> maybe they the early iteration of the, the camel racing. People saw this, and they were like, oh, how can that be a thing? <laughs> this is... I couldn't believe it was a thing when I saw
2: the story. And then I found out they were robots. That was the only way that could be crazier.
0: So, so I'm reading the story, Lucas, and I, I'm just blown away by it. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you said that you can't drink at the, at the racetrack, right? That's correct. And nobody seems to be really enjoying this spectacle. It's just kind of a thing that <laughs> exists, right?
1: Yeah, there, I think there's like 20 people or so in attendance.
0: Who do they do
2: it for then? Like, you know, who's the? Is it just a tra- tradition?
1: Yeah, that's something that I didn't quite get, and it's still unclear to me. <laughs> uh, I, I, well, to be fair, like this may have been like off-peak hours because I guess, <laughs> like, like at, like at Churchill Downs, they, I, I assume they don't just they don't just race when it's the Kentucky Derby. They have races on like you know Thursday at like two p.m. And it's only the the like real degenerates watching at that point, so maybe this was like a degenerate camel race, <laughs> ah. as opposed to a really
2: classy one.
1: Yeah, well, th- that's the <laughs> that's the other thing that I I actually asked my brother about this because he's more informed in this in this regard. And what he was saying is basically, you know, Dubai got rich in the end of the 20th century, and so they have um, you know basically everyone who's born there has wealth. And so it basically said the people who are like racing camels are um, it's basically like if Kentucky just discovered that they have oil and then a, a subset of the population just said, you know, we don't really have to work anymore so we can just race horses all day. And that's that's essentially the subset of the population. That we, that we witnessed in Dubai.
2: This whole, well, and go ahead. As a member, a former citizen of Kentucky, a guy born in Kentucky, <laughs> I can tell you that uh, they you don't even need wealth in Kentucky to motivate people
0: to just not work. <laughs> they will just go ahead and do that on <laughs> their own accord. En masse. So was this the highlight of your trip to Dubai? Was there anything that topped this as far as just the weird culture shock? This is,
1: yeah, I mean, this is just incomparable. Who just I don't even know. <laughs> Uh, don't worry about it. It's, it's just Durham, um, but Dubai is a ridiculous place. Like you can go skiing in a mall in Dubai. <laughs> and, but when I like, whenever I tell people like, "Oh, I went to Dubai," like this is what I did. This is always the story that I lead with. So, yeah, it's I don't know. It, like, and going back to your point about like, oh, it's, it was a derogatory term. I feel like people like they don't know that like camel racing exists right i didn't like, know like, i was, had like, no idea like if, like if they knew nope. that this was a thing they'd have to like come up with a more
2: offensive term
1: yeah they'd have to like go back to square one or something like that
2: yeah i was like halfway through reading the piece when i was like oh wait a minute why that's why this seems off to me how is this not on like espn 9 or something this is way better than some of they have some of the deep cable sports this should be on wide world of sports you know
1: or, like, instead of, like, the it 1998 year. World Years of Poker or whatever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're bowling? How much more better is this than bowling? If you told the average person you can watch robots ride camels in Dubai or you can watch a guy in Cleveland try to pick up a spare, I don't think it's a question. <laughs> I'm going Dubai 100 times out of 99 times. Well, that's the
1: other thing that I heard. And, I, and all of this is hearsay, so I don't – no one should quote me on this. But this is, like <laughs> – Apparently, it's even bigger as a spectator sport. So, I I don't know if, like, one of the, like, Land Rovers is recording this or they, there's, like, some sky cam for the camel races, but apparently folks go nuts for, um, I don't know, the, the, the Nielsen ratings for camel races are through the roof, apparently.
2: Hmm. Well, you could so easily put, like, little GoPros in the... Oh, that'd be awesome! The, the things you you could always get essentially like the the camel's eye view of the race.
0: Maybe it's the robots, yeah. robot cam. That's what really? I mean. Yeah,
2: you put put the robot camera right in the robots.
0: Yeah, that's good thinking.
2: I got ten dollars on Johnny Five.
0: <laughs> Johnny
2: Five, <laughs> put me down. Oh man. Um, in a movie, by the way, where White Guy Fisher Stevens played, I believe, an Indian person, which was also super insensitive. <laughs> and when you watch it now, you're like, "Whoa, that's Fisher Stevens in Shoopali." Can't do that. This movie was not that old. I saw it in the theater.
0: So, so people are yeah. <laughs> what, to today. what kind of sponsors do you think that they have for these races?
1: Oh man, this is a uh, this is like a don't get
0: fired question here. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time. Think about it. Did, did you watch any while you were over there?
1: No, I like this is a this is a thing that I, I knew about for like a forty five minute span, and then I <laughs> and then I remember that the derby happened, and I I needed to think of something to write for the website.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do they make the camels wear like uh, patches like NASCAR to put all the sponsors all over them? You know, like Mountain Dew on the side of one or something.
1: There's like a Red Bull equivalent in a
2: red camel no it, that would be too easy it depends, um, yeah, not to be obvious but uh, marketing from a marketing perspective
1: oh they, there's power horse is a drink nice it's really popular Good. popular over there so I think that or equivalent would just be too obvious but
2: um... it seems like an insult to the camel to call it power horse you know it's like making your ex-wife wear your uh, your new wife's jersey or something football, softball jersey Good. yeah
3: yeah I don't know <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i wonder like
1: what camels think of other horses if it's uh something they like strive to be or if that's just like beyond the reach of what they uh could ever hope to be <laughs> that <was better laughs> <for me. laughs> they
3: got weirdly
2: existential there like, <laughs> I wonder, yeah. Yeah, is,
1: is that what you thought would, would happen when i came <laughs> that? that's what's gonna happen
2: or if they make fun of him, like look at that flat camel oh my god you're making the wall jealous <laughs> In the itty bitty hump committee well that, <laughs>
1: now this i do know the it, mean camels the the, ca- the camels that are uh, like in better shape are actually they have very like flat humps like humps are basically fat
0: oh wow, yeah it's uh not aerodynamic
1: so like if, if you call a camel like humped you're like fat shaming a camel
0: mm. <laughs> so
2: were the camels that run smaller humped
1: yeah they're more I guess, Sleek. They
2: aerodynamic which would make it even harder, I guess, than for, to have a person ride it in that way. Hence the robots.
1: Yeah, when you say it that way, it all makes sense.
2: <laughs> so the robots <laughs> are really just completely logical.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> if, if you're going to you know, commit to an industry of camel racing, the only logical explanation or the solution is have <laughs> robot jockeys
2: It's like my great-granddaddy always used to say, if you're going to race some camels, you're going to have to build some robots. (laughs) He grew up during the Depression. He had a lot of wisdom like that. Yeah.
1: Depression-era robotics, but yeah.
0: (laughs) Anybody that wants to read this piece, it's at crookedscoreboard.com. It's called The Dubai Camel Race is Desolate and Prim, which is a— Which, by the
2: way, nice Hunter Thompson kind of reference in the headline.
1: Thank you. I, uh, I try to do that for all of my pieces, and it only occasionally works.
2: That's a good policy.
0: Speaking of great Kentuckians who uh, hated work. <laughs> <laughs> so check that out at com. Lucas, you said you're, you're a big Golden State Warriors fan, so life is good for you right now. With them going into the finals for the uh, rematch against uh, LeBron and the Cavs, you want to give us a prediction for the finals?
1: Yeah, life is good for at least until Thursday. I think it's, I think the Thunder were the, I don't know, they, they were always a tough match for the the Warriors, even in the regular season, and obviously especially in the playoffs. I think it's Warriors in, in six or seven. You know, I I want to be like humble and say seven, but I honestly think it's six.
0: <laughs> I said six too.
1: <laughs> I just think that like everyone's talking about like Kyrie and Love, but like. They're just going to get exploited on defense, I think. It'll be like 120, 115 games, but uh, the Warriors, I think, have the advantage.
0: Yeah, those are fun to watch. So can you hang out for uh, the all-ball or flagrant foul segment? We'll hit a little Warriors action here.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: All right, Uh, the first order of business, fellas. Clay Thompson, after Game 6 against the Thunder, where he basically saved the season for the Warriors, he credited his Lucky Yoda socks... For getting him through this record-setting performance, this superstition is it all ball or flagrant foul? Let's start with Jeff.
3: Oh, that's an all—that's all ball. I think clearly Thompson. The force is pretty strong with him either way, but uh, anything you can do to get that extra edge—if you're going to throw down with Muppet socks—I think Yoda's probably aside from Fozzie Bear, Yoda's probably about the best you can do. So I'm I'm saying all ball.
0: All right, what about you, Brian?
3: Uh, you, well, I would go all ball on the socks. They're really sharp
2: socks. I would, I would recommend finding a photo of them uh, if you haven't seen them. But I gotta go flagrant foul overall because I hate athlete superstition. It's like you work so hard all those days in the gym, all the hours in the weight room, all that time, and you're gonna credit it to some socks. Have some self respect. It's like a like an old Hungarian woman in like a '40s movie who's like crossing herself whenever Lon Chaney walks by. It's like don't worry, it's fine. Play the game. <laughs> I've just been watching a lot of Lon Chaney movies lately. <laughs> Actually, that's why that was in my head. Pretty
0: random, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm universal movie fan. Lucas, all ball or flagrant foul?
1: I'm going all ball for two reasons. One, Thompson's just a major nerd, not just in a uh, in the Star Wars sense. I think it was earlier this year they were going on a, like a southeast road trip and. Steph and uh, Iguodala were super pumped about going to play Augusta and Thompson was just pumped about the Harry Potter ride in Orlando. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's a true story. So that's number one. The other thing is the Warriors just love these weird superstitions. I was reading up on this one with Barbosa, how he, not to tie it back to horses, but the reason he thinks he stays healthy is he drinks this like Brazilian horse medication. <laughs> this is like a New York Times article. So uh, It's not super obscure, but it is based on Brazilian horse medications. Um, (laughs) But that's just what... I mean, they have weird (laughs) things that work for them. And the dude can shoot the lights out. So if he thinks it works, who are we to say it doesn't?
0: Yeah, I'm going all ball, too, for that reason. If he thinks it works, then... Keep doing it, and uh, go ahead and, and beat those Cavaliers. I'm rooting for the Warriors here, but I think it's a great story either way, these finals. That's that's why I'm very intrigued by it. you got to love the LeBron winning it for Cleveland story, if that's the case. And then if the Warriors win, they're the greatest team ever. I don't think yes, it's, it's up it's for debate. Of, there's no,
2: there's no uh, as a fan, unless you're a diehard fan of one particular team, there's really no lose. It's fascinating regardless. Exactly. I love it, yeah.
0: All right, so let's go to uh, our next one, which is Carmelo Anthony. went to the Mets game this weekend, and he wore a uh, Yankees-Mets hybrid hat. So it had half of the Yankees logo, half of the Mets logo on the hat. I will probably abstain from this one because anything Mellow related gets my blood boiling. And, uh, Ironic. I d- <laughs> <laughs> it's just not a healthy spot for me, so I'm just going to kick it to Jeff, who's our baseball expert. Yankees, Mets, hat, hybrid,
3: all ball or flag or foul. Uh, yeah, that's all ball. Um, I mean, I kind of like the idea. Uh, <laughs> what? Well, hey, no, you know what it reminded <laughs> me of. I'll tell you, it remind, I, I mean, I, I'm kind of down with just supporting, you know, if you're from that's the city you're in, then go ahead and support those guys. Right. I, it reminds me of this one time um, I went to a college baseball game, maybe 10 years ago or so. And on two teams, there were two different brothers. There were two brothers playing on each of the teams. I said that really badly, but there was one brother, on <laughs> other brother on the other. Okay. And they had like a full Jersey with one guy's Jersey is like the left half. And the other guy's Jersey is the right half. And so it's, you know, one was blue and the other one was green and one had the number 24 and the other had number 16, but they had the guy's last name on going across the back. And it, it, it was kind of cool. I was like, okay, yeah, you're not going to take a side there. Um, you know, I know that sort of goes against the nature of sports, but hey, you know, if you're out there just to support the city, I don't really have a problem with that. I think it's pretty cool.
0: Let's kick it to Lucas, all ball or flag or foul? Uh,
1: this is a flagrant foul. This is like if Drake were a baseball fan, this seems <laughs> like the sort of thing that he would do. Yes,
0: exactly.
1: And like I don't know enough about baseball to refute the specifics of this, but like this, this is absolutely just a – I mean, it's a, a cop-out. It's shameful. It's it's like if you were running for election this year, this would make sense. Yeah. And he, he, if he didn't want to offend, like, one of the five boroughs. But um, if – like, he's uh, – I, I mean, I'm I'm speechless. That's how angry I am when it comes to this. But, no, I, I think it's just – why is he even – like, at a baseball game. Neither of them are good this year, right? Like, the Mets aren't going to win the East. The Yankees aren't good. Dude, why don't just – where, like I would respect him more if he wore like a Phillies hat
0: it's just all about his brand all the time so he wants to be Mr. New York while he's wearing the, the worst part about this and I'm sorry to jump in before Brian even has a chance to speak <laughs> and I said I wouldn't but uh here we go the worst part about it is he's wearing a t-shirt that says stay mellow on it he's wearing his own logo it's worse than wearing the t-shirt of the band, of the band you're going to see. Yeah, it's worse. Agreed. You're, you're uh, I, I'm done. I'm done. Brian the flagrant foul. <laughs> well,
2: well, it's an obvious flagrant foul, and I, I would, I, I only assumed he borrowed that hat from Hillary Clinton from when she was running for Senate about a decade ago. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: yeah, there's. I don't even think you know what it's. It's so obvious. So it's, it's flagrant foul. It's a. Although it'd be interesting, maybe going to the South and we're like half of a, uh, half of an American flag and half of a Confederate flag. You know, you're trying to. I don't think that would work out too well for you.
0: Nah, probably. No, one, no one
2: likes a fence sitter.
0: <laughs> it was a couple of years ago, well, more than a couple, but I think Rudy Giuliani was running for a re-election of something, and he said something about supporting the Mets because the Yankees were out of the playoffs. He's, he's a, a known Yankees fan, but he was like, oh, I'm supporting the Mets, and there was an uproar about that. So I don't know who told Melo this would be a good idea, that it would be okay to support both teams with your stupid hat. <laughs> <laughs> And with that, Jeff, why don't we kick it to you for the topics that you have?
3: So I had a couple of items here. Uh, The first one was uh, there was an article a few days ago about uh, the uh, ball hawks at Wrigley Field or outside of Wrigley Field aren't being able to um, collect as many home run balls that leave the ballpark because of uh, extra signage now in the stadium that keeps – home runs from landing on um, Sheffield and Waveland avenues beyond the, beyond the ballpark. And, you know, they interviewed a bunch of the guys out there that have been doing this for decades uh, and run around and they basically just stand out. there all throughout the game and wait for balls to come out. And so my question is, is it, it, it not so much about the uh, expansion of Wrigley field and the, the added signage? Cause you know, everybody's doing that these days, but, like, grown men, maybe some women, I don't know, but primarily grown men, I'm guessing, hanging out, waiting for a home run. They're not, even, they're not actually watching the game. They're hanging out outside the ballpark, waiting for someone to hit a home run onto the street. All ball or flagrant foul? Brian. Uh, Well,
2: having lived in Wrigleyville for a time or near Wrigleyville, I can tell you that the main concern there is when the balls leave the stadium, they're afraid they'll disrupt the vomit puddles (laughs) strewn around Wrigleyville or bounce out of them and cause some sort of explosion. Uh, That is a drunk neighborhood if you've never been. Um, uh, I'm going to go all ball. Only because Chicago is quietly our nation's greatest exporter of uh, kooky, crazy people, mostly in the form of fat old guys. And uh, I do find the the fat old eccentrics of Chicago rather charming. And I still owe basically the entire city. uh, uh, I'm still shamed by, I think I've brought it up before, that I was one of the Steve Hartman or Steve Bartman mob back in the day. I was out on the streets chanting for his head in that playoff game.
0: That's the kid who caught the home run, right?
2: Yeah, right, right. The uh, the famous, they ran that great thirty for thirty uh, about it.
0: That's right. Yeah. Um,
2: but I was one of the people, so I, I I can't judge the behavior of anyone outside of Wrigley Field because I've I've done worse. I was one right. of the pitchfork wielding guys. Another Blonde Chaney movie reference.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we got an all ball there. How about you, Aaron?
0: I'm going flagrant foul, and I'm saying flagrant foul because. I don't believe that these guys actually enjoy this activity. I'm going to compare it to... They're drunk! <laughs> <laughs> if
2: you don't think they're doing anything but drinking in the street
0: to get away from their wives, you're missing the point of the oh, whole yeah. enterprise. I, I suppose you're right. But th- to me, this is like the the trendy restaurant that's actually not that good. I'll I'll say Shake Shack <laughs> as a, as a ah. reference. I'll say Shake Shack in New York City because every time I pass it, I'm away to Port Authority. There's lines outside of Shake Shack. And you know what? Listen, the shakes are okay. The burgers are... Ah, and the fries are wretched. They're the worst fries you've ever had. And anybody that's been there once never goes back. The people that are standing in line are only doing it for the story so that they could take pictures and tell everybody that they had this experience. That's the same guy, same thing that these guys are doing. So it's a flag or foul. I don't believe that they actually enjoy it. They're just there for the story.
2: So the, the thing that would anger you most, Aaron, I'm guessing would be uh, Carmelo Anthony playing a guitar outside of the Shake Shack <laughs> would just drive you into a <laughs> Hulk-like fury. <laughs> Never, this is like the most passion I've ever heard <laughs> out of you, and, and it's all coming out over Shake Shack and yeah. Hello.
0: Well, you've nailed Why
2: it. what the Guitar Center got.
0: That would be uh, Flagrant <laughs> 2, I believe. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Kicked out of the game for sure. Uh, nice. Hey, how about you, Lucas? You got all ball or flagrant foul on that one?
1: Well, two things. One, first, I'm happy that you know Cubs fans are actually letting the, f- the ball get out of the field of play before they try to catch it, which is nice that they learned their lesson. Two, did you say, Jeff, did you say that, These people have been doing this for decades.
3: Well, that's my understanding. I don't know if it's necessarily the same people, but that's just uh, a—that's a thing that's been going on for a very long time.
1: Like that's just so I'm—I'm like trying to do the math. Like you know, eighty-one home games a year, like four hours, and just thinking like how many like coding languages these people could have learned in in that (laughs) time. Like like we we missed out on like dozens of like Bill Gates and Steve Wozniak's and the because these people just want to get hammered and uh, have like a, what, a one in like 500 chance of catching a a, a dinger? No, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, now. No, I'm not, it, it maybe it's a bit of a leap to assume that these people are the types that would be Steve Wozniak. No, yeah, I don't think no. we lost bankers.
3: <laughs>
1: but I, I, feel that yeah. I, think, I think these are all probably Mensa members who are just uh, lurking in left field, so... Uh, yeah, I think I think the the American economy, uh, strictly from that regards, it's a it's a flagrant foul.
2: I don't think these All guys right. could spell Mensa if you spotted them four letters.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair. Yeah, um, i So yeah, I can. I was going to go flagrant foul with this because I thought, well, you know, if you're going to go, if it, I mean, it's one thing to go and watch a ball game and hang out and enjoy the sport. But then these guys are like one level removed from that, hanging out on the street waiting for the possibility of a ball to come out. But then I thought, sure, Brian would agree with this. You might as well be out there as well as watching the game, right? I mean, what's the difference? <laughs> but, I Actually, mean, as a but, Cubs fan for
2: many years, yeah, it was brutal to be in Wrigley Field watching what's happening in there. It's better just to chill out and
0: get some distance outside the stadium. It sounds like you're breaking yeah, Jeff yeah. down slowly.
3: Well, <laughs> well, and, well, and the funny thing is, like that's not the case this year, of course, with the Cubs just running all over everybody, right? But, um, but you know, I mean, I mean, on a more um on kind of a philosophical level. I mean, really sports are all kind of, I hate to say it a huge waste of time, but we all love it. Right. So what's to say that these guys hanging out drunk on the streets? Oh, hmm, maybe that doesn't sound so good. Um, (laughs) eh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to judge. I'm going to call all ball. If they want to, if that's, if that's their thing and they enjoy doing it, then go for it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not a thing I could, uh, I couldn't really envision myself doing that for more than about five minutes. I I could see myself going out there and hanging there for like five minutes and going, okay, that was cool, and then be done with it. But, you know, if that's what they want to do, cool, go for it.
0: I mean, they must be doing other stuff to occupy their time. They're not, come on, you can't be just sitting there staring at the back of the stadium waiting for something to happen.
3: (laughs) Well, no, I mean, you know, it probably becomes like a big social event. I mean, presumably they're talking to each other, you know. I mean, there's something to be said for that.
0: I kind of want to go and hang out, even though I called it a flagrant foul, just to see if they are enjoying themselves. I need to know. It would be interesting to see.
1: If they get a foul ball, isn't that just like an interruption from their bouts of public urination? (laughs) I don't know. That's
0: not illegal in Chicago.
2: You can pee wherever you want.
0: It's legal in (laughs) New York now, too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They're they're not going to arrest you for public urination maybe just living in Chicago,
2: it wears on you and you become a Chicagoan more and more. When I lived there, my wife reminded me that on like our third date, I like peed on a dumpster on our way from one bar to another. <laughs> I mean, I excused yeah. myself, but she was like, yeah, it was like our third date. I didn't even think about it. I'm like, well, you know, Chicago, you got to pee on some dumpsters.
1: Well, it actually probably makes the city a little bit cleaner when you do that.
0: <laughs> I-, I can't believe she's still with you. That's am- that's amazing. She'll put up with anything.
3: True <laughs> love.
0: That was my—that was my test. That's actually pretty wise. I tell these young guys that I'm around at at work sometimes. They—they come to me for advice. I say, you got to start conditioning these ladies. You got to let them know what they're in for right away. Stop with the fancy dates. Give them chicken and rice and see what happens.
2: You're like Tom Cruise and Magnolia.
0: You You must tame her. (laughs) I was just saying, you set the expectations too high. You set the bar too high. Now you got to go to a Broadway play every, every date. Come on.
2: I've been saying forever. That's why I really respect the guy who proposes to his girlfriend in a, at a stadium during a game. No way. It's literally about the least romantic thing you could possibly do. So you've set the bar so low. Everything that you ever do from there on is more romantic than how you started.
0: It's also one of the ballsiest ways to do it. it. I mean, you have to have zero Shame and worry about uh, them saying no. Because if they say no, that's what? Depending on what the sporting event, that could be 80,000 people watching. Well, I have
2: a. A bit in my act about it i've been working on a bit uh for the stage and it's all about uh my, my fondness for watching i really do when uh, I, I get drunk and i watch marriage proposal rejection videos on Shut youtube up. oh yeah they're great if you google it yeah it's all these guys who are in public and they propose and the woman says no and someone else captures the aftermath on video and i'm addicted to them
0: have you seen the one that i, I saw this one floating around recently it's a stand-up comic that did it on stage and he said and she said no and then he, he had to finish his set. <laughs> I would love that. That sounds great. That's I would what, love that if, challenge. Hey, if you enjoy those videos, that one's right up your alley. You got to get on that.
2: No, I would like to be the guy on stage for that. I love when really awkward crap happens in the audience. That's one of my favorite things.
0: No, no, it was, it was the comedian that proposed. Oh, the comedian proposed. The comedian proposed. You know, you're everything to me. And um, so I wanted to... Can kind I of huh? tell you that I've wanted to spend the rest of my life with you? Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Say yes! This is like dupe
3: for This is a real. Um,
2: well, I guess you guys came to see me tell anyway, so anyway. Um, I guess I'll, I'll try to do some jokes.
0: Um, uh, I guess, did you, did you hear the one about the comic who asked his girlfriend to marry him? <laughs> 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 oh,
3: my God. It's not real. This is going
2: to end up on YouTube this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh! What kind of crap comedian would make his poor girlfriend go to one of his shows?
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: one of, one of, my wife hasn't seen one of my shows in two years. I love her for it. She's like, I listen to enough of that crap at home.
0: Yeah. So what else we got?
2: Alright, well I got the one. I sent you guys a video. I don't know if you saw the, uh, the link, but I really liked this video. Of uh, the basketball fan. <laughs> the, I believe he was an OKC fan. Uh, who mistakenly uh, apparently shot his mouth off to some friends and said that he would eat his shirt. He said the Warriors won, he would eat his shirt, and, of course, they did. And as a consequence, he followed through and he posted a video on YouTube of him eating his shirt. What possibly... Well, all ball or flagrant foul. I won't qualify it. I won't set it up too much. What do you guys think? Aaron, what do you think?
0: Uh, For for eating the shirt, uh, I'm going to say... It's, it's all ball. If there's one thing that bothers me, it's when people make bets, and they don't make good. I used to work with a, a host in radio, and I was his producer and sidekick for this show, and he would constantly make bets with me, and I would win all the time, and he would never follow through on the bit. So there, there was no payoff for the audience, and it was terrible. And just in general, even if it's not for show and entertainment, you make a gentleman's bet, you follow through. So even if he didn't mean it and he never thought it would happen, he followed through. And I I, I don't know if uh, I didn't get the chance to watch this, but did he prepare this in any way? Did he douse it in ketchup? Well, he did cover it in barbecue sauce, Okay, but
2: he didn't eat the whole shirt. All right. He ate part of the shirt. That's good enough because for me. It, because his quote was, I didn't want to, like, die. Because I think he worried about consuming too much of a shirt, which is fair. That seems reasonable. Uh, seems reasonable. So, uh, uh, do, you, uh, do you agree, Lucas? Oh, I think it's, it's absolutely all
1: ball. I think, and I, I skimmed the article, so I may have gotten this wrong. But I think, didn't he make the bet after game six? Like
2: yeah it was kind of late, yep. I mean yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like when it things seemed like it was for sure gonna work out yeah he he made this bet with like
1: at best like forty percent odds of not <laughs> having <anything laughs> right. yeah, so that's yeah. just I mean that's you know borderline suicidal, but it's just such a gutsy maneuver, and I, like if he made it up three one when they were like oh you know ninety five percent and like someone just called him on it, that's one thing, but <laughs> he was like the underdog like he was maybe going to have like a, a normal meal if, in, in that case. So I'd, um, I don't think he's a good betting man, but in terms of just like sticking to it and doing ridiculous things to his uh, lower intestine, I think that's all ball.
2: And Jeff, what do you think?
3: Yeah. As far as the, uh, as far as the uh, follow through aspect of it, for sure. That's all ball. Um, I mean, that's great. It reminds me of a time back in, um, I think it was like in the late eighties, there was a, um, the Phillies and the pirates played a game, and uh, the pirates scored like ten runs in the first inning, and uh, and the pirates announcer said something like, "Man, if if they lose this game, I wouldn't want to be on that plane ride home. In fact, if we don't win, I'm going to walk back to Pittsburgh." And of course, the Phillies <laughs> came back to lose, and it's like they came back to beat the Pirates. And I just I always think back to stuff like that. It's like, man, yeah, you, it's flagrant foul on like making on running your mouth <laughs> like that. But yeah. I yes. mean, I mean, it's just like even if you believe that maybe you want to keep that to yourself um but you know i definitely all ball i mean um yeah as far as as far as following through and and uh and going ahead and doing that uh you know uh yeah that's 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 a literally a bitter pill to swallow but uh, (laughs) it's got
2: drunken boast written all over it. i mean that definitely you guys i will eat my shirt you know it's uh i I will say all ball for sure the only reason I tilted toward flagrant foul is depending on how much his friends really were annoyed at him. You know, you can eat a whole shirt. It just might take you a month. You know those guys who, like, eat a bicycle, but they, they crush yeah. it up and they swallow a little piece of it every day. And they, over the course of, like, six months or a year, you can eat the whole bicycle. I think I might have insisted that, he, that they do the whole shirt to really complete <laughs> the honor. I mean, that, that'd be stickling a little bit.
0: I feel like you just but, told um, me that there's a thing called camel racing in Dubai. Like, you're, you're acting like this bicycle eating thing. That's a real thing? Yeah. Get oh, look that. it up. There, there, pe- people have eaten bicycles.
2: I think one guy ate a plane over the course of like what thirty years.
0: What are you talking? You
2: know, about? These people who eat. These people eat metal. It's like a, it's a thing. I'm not, I'm in no way kidding you. But there'll be Guinness Book of World Records of like who's eaten the most bicycle or the biggest. You know, a guy. Maybe it was a guy in a car or something. Yeah, absolutely. You just casually tossed off those guys,
3: though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know,
2: like, like a
1: cocktail party opener or something like
2: that. Do one of those guys. But, in terms of losing bets and following through on them, uh, uh, a very funny comedian, Cy Amundsen, uh, who's actually taping his Comedy Central half hour uh, on Thursday, um, well, uh, it has a tendency to make rash bets on the Vikings. And uh, the owner of Acme Comedy Company, uh, uh, the club where we both work, uh, won uh, a bet. And for the end of the, the bets, uh, Cy had to wear an Aaron Rodgers jersey and fellate a banana on video. And then the club owner then proceeded to play that as the prologue to his set all week when he headlined the next
0: week. So the audience sees this before he goes on stage. Wait, so Cy is a Vikings fan? Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. but but, but so, all right, So here's why I think that that bet is flawed. Because if you're a Vikings fan, you'd probably want to see uh, a guy dressed in an Aaron Rodgers jersey filleting a banana. It's not that- a girl's
2: Aaron Rodgers shirt, by the way. I should point out it was a uh, yeah. It was a female Aaron Rodgers top <laughs> that
0: did not fit him well. All right, that makes it a little bit better.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. It was, it was, trust me, it was humiliating. Yeah, the video is great. It's been played several times at the club when Side decides to get two Vikings. <laughs> <confident>.
0: <laughs> That's some pretty good blackmail right there in the back pocket. But he followed
2: through. I, I, I'm, like, I'm with you guys. I, I do like a follow through on that.
0: You got to do it. If you don't, then I can't trust anything that comes out of your mouth after that. Absolutely. Including a banana. That's all we got, right, for the all ball.
2: That's the last one. I only have one because I I moved this week. I don't know if the audio sounds crisper or clearer, but I'm from my brand new podcast studio.
0: I would say it sounds is- it sounds better this week. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. All right. So yeah, we're in the new house here. That Wi-Fi is nice and crispy. Love it. <laughs> Mike, I'll give my compliments to the city of Minneapolis and our fiber. <laughs> We got to do some, uh, some housekeeping real quick. Notes from the network that came in. I forgot, I to, I forgot to get to that. But, uh, here's the note. I,
2: I think I know what the note next week is going to be, which is don't forget those network notes.
0: Right, exactly. Hit it in the beginning, <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> Love the new segment. However, to complete the sports theme, it should be play coach bench or play coach wave. We are a nonviolent people.
2: I like that. I, the kill is a little okay. extreme, except for the Aaron Hernandez and uh, Ray Carew example.
0: I mean, I will definitely default to, to however you feel about it, Brian, because you brought this segment to fruition. So if you feel like we should take the network note and run with it, then I'm on board.
2: Well, people should tweet what they think, because we got some good Twitters. Some some people tweeted some some at me today, uh, some good ones. The one I think my favorite one was... Uh, Oh, I gosh! I, I don't have my Twitter open right now. There was a good one—one one with a was it Cobb? Chris Berman, Jim oh. Nance, and no. The best one though was a uh, uh, yeah. The best one was John Rocker, Kurt Schilling, and Ty Cobb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think I went play with Cobb because I'd be terrified to coach him and tell him what to do. Coach Schilling, but never talk to him, and kill Rocker.
0: I think all right. That was the order. What do you do? Uh, I'm, I'm more interested in it. Not that you're not uh, fascinating, but I'm more interested in Jeff on this one because it's all baseball.
3: Sure. What uh, do you do? Yeah. I'll uh, I play with Cobb because, I mean, just fascinating guy. Also, really, um, the the more evidence that comes to light, he wasn't probably nearly as bad a guy as people made him out to be. He kind of got a bad rap. Um, and uh, Rockeride Coach and uh, Schilling, I would. Uh, Kill bench wave whatever we're doing. With him. I, <laughs> I, rid him. I just, I just don't really have a whole lot of room for shilling in my world. R- Rocker, I think, I, I think Rocker does the best he can. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. He's not playing with a full deck, she,
0: is what you're saying.
3: Yeah, yeah, he, he, he tries.
0: Shilling, uh, I've no. done. It's probably been said a, a million times, but I think the the bloody sock thing. Who cares? Oh, come on. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> how how is that heroic? I don't know. I think he he got way too much credit for doing something heroic, and it was just you got a, like a little blood stain on on your ankle. Big deal. So what's the evidence that
2: Ty Cobb's not a jerk?
0: Did it come out that he was like secretly not racist I, or something?
3: Um, you know what? I haven't unfortunately I haven't. But there's there's been a lot of documented research on a lot of the stuff was pretty overblown. So. I can't, I can't, you know, I'll have to look into that and get back to you, but, uh, Was
2: was Ted Williams a jerk, by the way, or was he supposed to be nice? He was a jerk, right? Um,
3: Williams was just kind of, yeah, he, I don't know if he was a jerk. He was kind of, um, yeah, he had, he had an attitude, but, um, San Diego guy. So I can't say too much bad about him.
2: I was Um, in, I was in Boston. And, uh, there's a statue in front of Boston with Ted Williams, uh, looks like he's giving a, a little kid a hat. And uh, the comedian Tom Dustin, who's one of the funniest people I ever met, said, uh, Ted Williams is such an asshole. He said they made a statue of him stealing a kid's hat. (laughs) 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 Tom also told me a recipe for lobster pie, which he pronounces lobster pie. You know, he's very Bostonian. And his recipe literally starts with how to steal lobsters (laughs) from restaurant (laughs) tanks. I got skinny arms you got to have skinny arms to make lobster pie. <laughs> <laughs> I love those Boston comics. Those guys are amazing.
3: Yeah, uh, best.
2: Oh, speaking of East Coast, while I'm at it, uh, I'm going to be in Atlanta next week, so if anybody's in Atlanta and wants to come see me in Atlanta, you come say hi. I'll be at the Laughing Skull Festival.
0: Oh, you're doing that festival? That, when is that? Yeah,
2: June uh, 8th through the 11th. I'll be doing a Bob Post on my website, but I'll be doing shows all over Atlanta for four days.
0: All right, yeah, and so people can uh, keep up with you. It's what's the website? Uh, Brian Miller comedy, Brian
2: with a Y, and then uh, of course my Facebook and uh, Twitter. I will put all those shows up there too. Real, real Brian Miller, real
0: Brian Miller, and uh, Jeff is at crookedscoreboard.com, writing for writing about the baseball. And Lucas, what are we plugging for you here?
1: Uh, at crooked Scoreboard writing about. Probably not camel races again, but anything uh, (laughs) under the sun. At LucasHubbard1, I think, on Twitter. I don't really
0: tweet, but if you want to follow me, you can.
2: I want you to do more weird sports stuff. I really like the camel thing. Weird sports, that's great. You should do more of those.
0: Yeah, I love it. Like, maybe we can send you to Wrigley and hang out with those ball hawks.
1: That sounds horrible, but if I I have an expense account, we can uh, maybe make something work.
0: That's what I'm saying. All right, Dustin, make it happen. All right? Notes to the network. What do you think about that? Notes to the network, yeah. (laughs) About that. (laughs) <laughs> alright well thanks guys it's been another fun episode everybody you can send uh, some play coach what do you want is it bench or wave Brian let's go with kill for now and we'll uh, we'll, we'll table it we'll figure it out alright play coach kill if you want to send some suggestions they were a lot of fun send it to uh, Brian at real Brian Miller on Twitter and OB, at OB3 place to be is the show website uh, you could always send some to me at Aaron Hodges and uh, Jeff is at, Jeff, at underscore Jeff Young right cool and uh, of course Lucas thanks so much for joining us man really appreciate it and I look forward to reading more stuff from you on the cricket scoreboard yeah thanks for having me it's been awesome you got it alright guys leave a rating and review for us on iTunes and we'll talk to you next week